yummy, yummy, yummy. I've got love in my tummy. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. You're mocking me, aren't you? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween. We're going to have a little bit of an old man rant. And I know I'm recording this in early October, but that's one of the reasons we're talking about Halloween today. I'm also going to talk about Halloween candy this week, but that'll be at the end. Halloween starts earlier and earlier every year, and honestly, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. I know people like the spooky season, although it was never the spooky season when I was a kid. It was fall. What happened to fall? But it's the spooky season. People, as soon as October 1st rolls around, people just start rolling out the skeletons and the witches, the jack-o'-lanterns and the spider webs. And I mean, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to rain on your parade if you enjoy that. Whatever knocks your socks off. Whatever floats your boat. I'm a live and let live kind of guy. But it just seems like it's so over the top anymore. I mean, Christmas is overhyped too. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about that down the road too. But I was noticing it, especially this past weekend. Because the calendar flipped from September to October over the weekend, and all of a sudden people are jack-o'-lanterns this, and witches that, and ghosts this, and goblins that. It was crazy. Now comes the old man rant part. When I was a boy... But this is the truth. When I was a boy, Halloween was the day at the end of October where kids got dressed up in costumes, went door to door, and got free candy. That's what Halloween was. That was it. My goal was to collect enough free candy on Halloween to tide me over to Easter. Yes, I would try to make my candy last to Easter, because we didn't get a lot of candy. When I was a kid, we didn't buy candy as a thing at the store. My mom didn't go to the store and get a bag of Hershey's or a box of Nestle Crunch Bars or anything like that. The candy we collected on Halloween, that had to last us. That's why each of us kids stored our candy in hidden places in our rooms so that nobody knew where it was, and so we'd always have a little treat. I had a place in the back of my closet. That's where I kept my Halloween bag in case I needed a little treat during the day. I could go find my Halloween bag and pull out a little Hershey's bar. But that was the point. I was trying to collect enough Halloween candy to get me to Easter so that the Easter bunny could replenish my stores with chocolate bunnies and jelly beans. And those I would stretch as long as I could. Never made it past summer with that stuff. The quantity of candy on Easter never compared to the quantity you could get on Halloween. But at least you had something to tide you over. But that's what I'm getting at. Halloween was about the candy. I know there were some people who liked the ghosts and the haunted houses, but it was never big when I was a kid. I've talked about my neighborhood before. It was kind of a rural neighborhood. Houses were pretty far apart. You had a lot of hiking to get from house to house on Halloween. But we did it, because free candy. But with all those houses and all that space, there was one house, one house in our neighborhood that decorated their property for Halloween. Everybody else, they might have a jack-o'-lantern with a face carved in it. They might have a scarecrow tied to the light post. Maybe a couple of hay bales. That was it. That was autumnal decoration back in the day. You had the colorful leaves. You had the colorful mums everywhere. That's all you needed. Autumn looked pretty enough. We didn't need to add to it. But somewhere along the line, people capitalized on this idea that Halloween should be this month-long celebration of everything gory and spooky. And I don't know exactly when that happened. It kind of just insidiously occurred over the course of years. And as I said, if that's your thing, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I just don't get it. That's number one. But number two, you don't have to beat me over the head with it all of the time. I mean, all of the time. 
commercials and ads for all of the latest gore and decor. There's a store. Gore and decor. That's what we should open up. We don't need Spirit Halloween anymore. We have gore and decor. I've just had a brainstorm. Let's run with it. But yeah, the gore and decor, it's just everywhere. I was in Home Depot the other day. They have like a 12-foot-tall skeleton. It's not even a blow-up skeleton. It's a skeleton that you put together. You assemble it on your front lawn. I need a 12-foot-tall skeleton because... I mean, as I said, if you're into that, I guess it's fine. I guess I just don't understand it. It seems to be partly a symptom of end-stage capitalism. All of these businesses and manufacturers create this Halloween-themed decor. They fill up the stores with it, and every year people go out and buy some more. Yeah, let's buy some more skeletons. Yeah, I have 15 over there. What's three more? Oh, there's a pirate skeleton? Let's get that one. Oh, a 12-foot-tall skeleton? I need that for my front yard. A cauldron that makes bubbly noises when people come on the porch? Sold. Now, don't get me wrong. I've decorated for Halloween, too. When my kids were little and it was important to them, I invested some money in some decor. I had skeletons in the bushes. I had a line of zombie lights outside on the pathway. Yes, every time you walked by the lights, I went, Yes, it amused me, and it amused them. I had a mat by the front door. When the trick-or-treaters would stand on it, it would scream. Yeah, I did all of that. That was fun, but I didn't have any 12-foot skeletons. You didn't have to go through a haunted house to get to my front door just to ring the bell. Have you seen those houses? You can't just walk up the walk. You've got to walk through the graveyard. Things jump out at you. I'm never a big fan of the things jumping out at you. I'm not a big fan of being scared anyway. But especially when I'm just walking up your pathway to knock on your door to go trick or treat. I don't want to be scared. I just want my candy. And when my kids were little, I didn't want them to be scared. I just wanted them to get their candy. So, yes, I've done some decorating along those lines, but I've seen people so over the top. They put places like Disney and Six Flags to shame, considering how much decorating they do in their front yard. But now that my kids are older, and now that the neighborhood kids aren't kids anymore, we may get one or two trick-or-treaters every year. Our neighborhood has changed that much. We used to have little kids around. Now we hardly have any little kids around. So there's very little reason for me to decorate because Mrs. Gamerdude doesn't care if there's skeletons on the front porch. I certainly don't care if there's skeletons on the front porch. The neighborhood kids aren't coming by because there aren't any neighborhood kids. So I'm turning into a crotchety old man. I look at the skeletons on other people's porches and I go, Oh, what the hell are you thinking? I go into the Home Depot and shake my head going, (laughs) Back in my day. Yeah, that's what I've turned into. I mean, don't let me stop you. By all means, put your skeletons out. Hang the witches from the tree. Put the cauldron on the front porch. Knock yourself out. Enjoy it. You should. It's a holiday. I just don't get it. That's part one. And I don't understand why it became a thing. That's part two. I'm going to have to figure that out. Maybe that'll be next week's episode. I'll figure out why Halloween became a thing. Because let me tell you, in my lifetime, it's gone from the free candy holiday to the everybody set up a haunted house in your front yard holiday. And I don't understand how that happened. But whatever. As I said at the beginning of the episode, I also wanted to talk about candy too. Thinking about the way Halloween used to be, it reminded me of all the candies that we used to have that we don't have anymore. And I've talked about this a little bit in the past. There are a lot of candies that used to exist that you can't find anymore. Now, as I started thinking about this episode and putting things together to talk about, I remembered a few of the candies that we used to have that just disappeared. The first one that I remembered was the Reggie Bar. Now, the Reggie Bar is not going to mean anything to a lot of people. It's just not going to register because this goes back to the late 70s, early 1980s, and it has to do with baseball. So if you're not a baseball fan and you weren't around in the late 70s and the early 1980s, 
The Reggie bar means absolutely nothing to you. But the Reggie bar was a glorious candy bar that existed for a very short period of time. It wasn't a traditional candy bar, long like the Hershey bar or the Nestle Crunch bar. It wasn't like the Mounds bar. It was a square candy bar. Well, I shouldn't say the bar was square. The packaging was square. When you open the packaging, the candy bar was more like a round-ish kind of candy bar. So what you had was basically a lump of caramel with peanuts in it. And that lump of caramel and peanuts was dipped in chocolate. And they called that the Reggie bar. And the reason they created the Reggie Bar was back in the late 1970s, Reggie Jackson was one of the greatest baseball players at the time. And Reggie said during the early days of free agency that if he ever played in New York, they'd make a candy bar and name it after him. And sure enough, that's what happened. Back in 1978, he signed with the Yankees and they made the Reggie Bar. And the Reggie Bar was around for four or five years. Now, the Reggie Bar was as good as it sounds. Caramel, chocolate, peanuts. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. But it was only around, like I said, for four or five years. And then when Reggie left New York, the bar disappeared, basically. They stopped making it. There was no need to make it anymore because after Reggie left, there was no market for it. So they stopped making the Reggie bar. But I remember getting the Reggie bar in Halloween bags. (laughs) The Reggie bar was good. Very, very good. The other bar that I remember getting, and I've talked about this one before, the Marathon bar. The Marathon Bar came in a package that was, it was like either 8 or 10 inches long, something like that. And there was a ruler on the outside of the package to show you how long the candy bar was. And it was called a Marathon Bar because it was so big and so chewy with a delicious caramel that it would take you longer to eat it. So it was a marathon. But it was braided caramel, dipped in chocolate, put in this package that was 8 or 10 inches long. I don't remember exactly how long. I just remember there was a ruler on the wrapper. It was delicious. And it was huge compared to other candy bars. It was really, really good. But the Marathon Bar disappeared in the 80s. I don't know why. That's one of those candy bars that should still be around. It's caramel and chocolate. Who wouldn't like that combination? We have it in so many other candy bars. Why did you take away the Marathon Bar? Another one they took away? Space Dust. Now, you've probably heard of Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks are those candies that were carbonated somehow. I still don't know how they did it, but it was a packet like the Kool-Aid packets. You remember the Kool-Aid packets? It was a packet of sugary candy. The Pop Rocks, this is. It was a packet of sugary candy, and you poured some into your mouth, and you'd let it set on your tongue, and it would start popping. You could feel it. It was fizzing on your tongue. Your saliva would dissolve the candy and make it fizz in your mouth. And it was like little tiny explosions would go off in your mouth as the carbonation was released from the candy. Well, the manufacturers of that had the great idea to create something very, very similar. Something called space dust, which was basically nothing more than ground up pop rocks. They would just take the pop rocks, grind them down to a smaller size. You'd pour that packet into your mouth and you'd have this little fizziness in your tongue without having to wait for the candy to dissolve. It was like instant fizz on your tongue. But what happened to space dust is a lot of concerned parents were worried about their kids getting a product called dust. Because after all, there was this drug called angel dust, which was a hallucinogen. And they didn't want to encourage their kids to have something associated with angel dust. Even though space dust is just ground up pop rocks, apparently we can't distinguish between two different kinds of dust. Yes, truly, that's the reason we lost space dust. Because a vocal minority of parents were concerned that they'd confuse angel dust and space dust the candy. These are also the people who are banning books these days, just so we're clear. They're also the ones who believe that D&D was a portal to Satanism. Yes, these are the kind of rocket scientists that we have making decisions for society. Oh no, we can't have space dust. It sounds too much like angel dust. 
So, yeah, the busybodies took away space dust. But I remember space dust. It was good. It was good stuff. So between the space dust and the Reggie bar and the marathon bar, I realized there was probably a ton of other candies that had disappeared that I had forgotten about. And I was right. I was right that there were so many candies that I'd forgotten about. Like I had totally forgotten about the PB Max bar. The PB Max bar came out back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, I should say. I'm not exactly sure when. The PB Max bar had a cookie with peanut butter spread on top of it with a whole concoction dipped in chocolate. They brought that out to compete with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, which, by the way, nothing can compete with a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, but set that aside. The PB Max bar was supposed to be the answer to Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And PB Max was really good. I mean, you've got cookie, you've got peanut butter, you've got chocolate. What's not to love? And it was good. I remember the PB Max bar. I had forgotten about it until I looked it up and then I said, oh yeah, I remember that wrapper. And I remember the taste of them. They were really good. But the company discontinued them. I looked up why. Apparently the Mars family, which owned the company, didn't really like peanut butter. Which is something that you would think would come up in the development process, but apparently not. But the PB Max bar was around for a few years. It had great sales. They just decided to stop making it. Eh, we don't like peanut butter that much. Okay. And so we all miss out as a result. Now, another one that I'd forgotten about, and then I saw the wrapper and I said, oh, yeah, I remember the Nestle Alpine White. Now, not everybody likes white chocolate. And white chocolate isn't always my most favorite thing in the world, but it's a nice change of pace. It's a nice treat. Well, Nestle's Alpine White was a white chocolate bar that had almonds in it. I guess it probably disappeared because not everybody is a fan of white chocolate. I happen to like it. I don't think white chocolate is the same thing as dark chocolate or milk chocolate. I actually don't think white chocolate is the same thing as chocolate. They call it white chocolate to sell it. And I like it. It's just not chocolate. It's like a white candy. But the Alpine White, I remember eating the Alpine White. It was good. I mean, white chocolate and almonds? It's a good combination. How could you not like it? But apparently it didn't do well enough to survive. Now, there's two similar candies. They're not really bars, but they're candies that also disappear. Late 80s, early 90s. Butterfinger, you know the Butterfinger bar? Well, Butterfinger put out a thing called the Butterfinger BBs. And what the Butterfinger BBs were, were basically BB-sized morsels of Butterfinger candy bars. Now, I'm not a huge Butterfinger guy. I like Butterfinger. They're okay. There's some caramel, peanut butter, crunchy chocolate all mixed in in the Butterfinger bar. I know people love them. They're okay. But I really like the Butterfinger BBs. It was little morsels of chocolate with all that flavor in it. Some caramel, some crunch, some chocolate. They were good. They were around for a while and then just disappeared. And again, that's one of those mysteries. I'm not sure why. It was good. They sold well for many years. And then they just decided to stop making them. The same thing happened with the Lifesavers Holes. Now, I don't know if you remember the Lifesavers Holes. I do. This goes back to donuts. It's going to sound like a weird story, but I'm going to get you there. Don't worry. Donut holes used to be sold at donut shops. And donut holes used to be literally the donut hole. When you made donuts from scratch, you had a donut cutter. And you'd cut out the donut shape from your dough. And you know what a donut looks like. There's a hole in the middle of the donut. And the cutter would take out a ball of dough to create the hole in your donut. And what happened is the donut makers, the bakeries that made the original donuts, would take that little ball of dough and fry that up as a separate treat. And they were called donut holes. You have to find an old-time bakery or an old-time donut shop to find real donut holes anymore. Dunkin' Donuts, I know they're called Dunkin' now, 
But Dunkin' Donuts created the munchkins, which were supposed to be like the donut holes, except it's not the same thing as a donut hole because it's made from a separate batch of dough. And all they do is create a whole bunch of munchkins out of the ball of dough. The traditional donut hole was literally the hole from the donut when they made the donut. So taking that concept to candy, you know what a lifesaver is. Those fruit-flavored little circles with a hole in the middle of it. They're also mint-flavored, wintergreen and Spiro mint and all of those mints that they have, Pepo mint. My aunt always had lifesavers in her purse. She always gave us lifesavers when she saw us. Well, back in the 80s, late 80s, I guess it was, early 90s, Lifesavers put out Lifesaver holes, which were the same concept. You were supposed to imagine that the candy was cut from a sheet of candy, and the thing that they took out of the sheet of candy dough, for lack of a better term, to make the Lifesaver, they would make these little pieces of candy hole, and they'd sell you a little vial of candy holes. Different fruit flavors, different mint flavors, kind of like Tic Tacs. Think Tic Tac, except instead of looking like an oval, it was a little round hole. They were basically Tic Tacs, except made by Lifesavers. For whatever reason, in the early 90s, they actually did a recall of the Lifesaver holes because they were supposedly a choking hazard. Now, for the life of me, I can't figure that out. If Lifesaver holes are a choking hazard, why aren't Tic Tacs? I mean, seriously, what's the difference between a Lifesaver hole and a Tic Tac? There is none. It's a small candy you put in your mouth and you dissolve it. Or you crunch it. But Lifesaver holes were just another way to get a quick candy hit. And they were really good for as long as they were around. Sadly, they just weren't around very long. The last one, and this one I only have vague memories of, but the last one that I remember having tried it once or twice was the Powerhouse Bar. Now, the Powerhouse Bar was made by the same people who made the Mounds Bar and the Almond Joy. The company was called Peter Paul. I should look up why they're called Peter Paul. I'm going to guess the owners are named Peter and Paul. I'm just going to throw that out there. But Peter Paul made a huge candy bar called the Powerhouse. It had caramel, it had peanuts, it had fudge all intertwined together and wrapped in milk chocolate. And it was huge. It was like four ounces. It's a quarter of a pound of candy in a Powerhouse Bar. That was big for a candy bar. And that combination, caramel and peanuts, that's a staple in most candy bars anyway. But you got caramel and peanuts, you add some fudge, you dip it all in milk chocolate. How can you go wrong? It was probably too expensive to make. That's why they took it off the market. Because four ounces of that, you probably have to charge $15 in this day and age. But I do remember the powerhouse bar. It was good. Now, my research also revealed a bunch of candies that were discontinued that I never tried. That I never got a chance to try or that I never wanted to try. For instance, Gator Gum. It was made by the makers of Gatorade. They decided to make a gum so that you would have that Gatorade taste and that feeling of replenishing your electrolytes while you're chewing gum. It was supposed to not only quench your thirst, but make you feel better while you were doing your sports activities. But apparently, it didn't work. People didn't like it, and it was too tart. Imagine having like a sour head in your mouth as you're trying to play baseball. That's what the experience sounds like to me. Gator Gum did not last long, but it was around for a while. Skittles also tried a gum. There was a Skittles bubble gum for a period of time in the 90s. They thought the Skittles flavor would be great in the form of a bubble gum, except it wasn't. The flavor didn't last long, and apparently the bubbles weren't bubbly enough. It wasn't easy to make bubbles with it, from what I've read. Since I never tried it, I don't know. But I know when I'm chewing bubble gum, I want to be able to blow a good bubble. That's why bazooka is so good. Double bubble, excellent. Big League Chew, you can get a good bubble going with that. If you're going to sell me a bubblegum, I should be able to make some bubbles with it. And apparently Skittles bubblegum didn't work so well. There was also the Kinder Surprise Eggs. 
You've probably seen the Kinder Joy commercials, but the original Kinder Surprise Eggs was banned in the U.S. Now, the Kinder Surprise Egg was a chocolate egg with a little plastic shell inside the chocolate egg. And inside the little plastic shell was a little toy. Now, the U.S. has regulations against putting non-food products inside a food product, apparently because we think we're all stupid here. And based on the way people are, it's probably good that we have those regulations because there's a lot of dumb people out there. I mean, I'm not one to open a Kinder Egg and look at the plastic thing and think, oh, I could eat this. But I think that there are a lot of people out there who do think that, well, it must be edible. It's in the candy. So in the United States, Kinder Surprise Eggs are banned. You're not allowed to have them. They tried to bring them into the country back in the 70s. But because of that choking hazard, because people apparently can't tell the difference between the chocolate and the toy, they can't do Kinder Surprise Eggs. An American company tried the same thing. Nestle created the Wonder Ball back in the 80s. But the Wonder Ball, which was the same thing, a chocolate ball with a toy inside, also recalled and ultimately banned because it had a toy inside. Apparently, Americans are unable to distinguish chocolate from toys. So that's why we can't have nice things. All right, there's one more for you. Reese's put out a peanut butter and banana cream cup years ago. I never knew this until I researched for this episode. I would have loved to try a peanut butter and banana cream cup. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, peanut butter and bananas. I've had peanut butter and banana sandwiches before. I've taken a banana and put peanut butter on it. I've had peanut butter and banana in a milkshake. It's delicious. Peanut butter and banana is a great combination. But I never knew that Reese's put out a peanut butter and banana cream cup. They were only out for a brief period of time in the mid-2000s. They disappeared in 2008. And they've never been seen again. I would so love to have a peanut butter and banana cream cup. That's the treat that I want for Halloween. Get me a peanut butter and banana cream cup and I'd be a happy guy. So I feel better getting that off my chest, my rant about Halloween. Thank you for indulging me. And I hope talking about some of these discontinued candies brought back some memories for you of some of the candies you miss from your childhood that no longer exist. We can always get Nestle Crunch Bars, it seems. We can always get Hershey Bars. But some of the cool stuff, like the Marathon Bar, the Peanut Butter and Banana Cream Cup, boy, I'd love to get a taste of those. That would be awesome. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of things. As always, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.